Alex. Holy hell. I, did, I didn't know you were a, uh, a French press coffee man. I am. It's the only way I, uh, well, I mean, it's not the only way I drink coffee, but it's the only way I make coffee at home. Because it's the only way my girlfriend will let me make coffee at home. That's why that you've got you know when you are looking for a relationship you got to find people that make you better, and yeah. I would normally settle for a lot of shittier things in my life when it comes to food, mm-hmm. but my wife makes me eat better, and I appreciate yeah. that. And in this case, she makes me drink better coffee, and it's good coffee, so I can't complain about it one bit. That's true. How was your week? It was pretty good. Uh, surprisingly action-packed for being a, a, a week in early December in the video game industry. But, you know, that's what happens when you start trying to plan Game of the Year things and then start having to immediately execute on those Game of the Year things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had this revelation yesterday when um, I was talking to Vinny about some Game of the Year stuff, and he's like, oh, you know, this is what we're doing for Top 10s and blah, blah, blah. We're just kind of talking about logistics. And then, like, it dawned upon me that all of this is happening very, 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 very soon. And I spent an entire evening two nights ago playing and finishing Rise. Which is not to say I didn't... I actually liked Rise. I don't think you should pay $60 for it. It's a gorgeous... Would you say it's, like, maybe a three-star game? Yeah, I think Brad's, like, review is right on the money. I I think it has a, a decent, you know, Batman imitation combat system with some unbelievably gorgeous visuals. Like yeah. Some of the, the moments with faces are just... Those faces are very clean. Those are some very clean faces. Super and, clean. But I know it's not going to be in my top ten. I know it's not no. going to be in anything for Game of the Year consideration, except for like maybe graphics, if we even have that category. I need to look at all that stuff. But like it's, it's not something that I should be spending five hours of my, at this point, precious time on. And I like momentarily actually panicked because I have a series of games that I do want to play and put time into that I haven't touched yet, and that was just like a night that I took a dump on. Yeah, you know what though? You know what I did when I got home? What I got home on Wednesday night? You know, first thing I did, I popped in WWE 2K14 and downloaded the latest <laughs> DLC. So you know what? I'm right there with you in wasting my motherfucking time when it comes uh... to games I should be playing. Do you have what? What's sort of on your bucket list? Like, do you have any others that? You know, you need to clean off. Like, I'm, I'm increasingly thinking that I'm not going to get to Assassin's Creed, which is bumming me out. That is a bummer, because that game is really good, and I feel like I'm going to have to argue for that one to be in semi-prominent position on the overall top ten list. I don't think it should win or anything, but I think it should be on there. But uh, I haven't touched Dead Rising 3 yet. I really want to. It's sitting there staring me in the face. I will probably play through some of that at least this weekend. Um, I need to play a lot more Zelda. I didn't really get to play much on the plane ride home just because I had other things I was, like, doing. So I'm pretty far behind in that. And I would like to at least get a solid, like, eight or nine hours into that before I, you know, have any significant opinions of it before we discuss it. Uh, Other than that, there's not too much. I mean, I still haven't played Earwalk, so I kind of need to do that. And, you know. That one's short. That's three hours. I know. I just need to set aside three hours and actually do it. It's already downloaded onto my computer. I can play it. I just haven't done it. Uh, other than that, I think I've pretty much caught up with everything from this year that I've wanted to play. I think so. The only one that is, like, I'm almost done with Zelda. Yeah. I only have a couple more stages to collect, so I can kind of see that one. I can see the, the end goal there. Yeah. Um, the other one is State of Decay, which Brad has been on my ass about, um, because... I have not touched that one all year. It's on Steam now, um which is where I wanted to check it out. Uh, he's pretty sure I'd really like it, so I need to at least give that a shot. Usually sure. if usually if someone is dropping hints about a game that, hey, you should check this out, uh, it's maybe something they're considering and maybe want some backup when it <laughs> comes to talking about them. Sure. Um, the game I probably should have been pushing on people that I just never got around to was The Swapper. It's going to bum me out that no one else played The Swapper. I don't even remember us yeah. talking about that game at any point. Fucking the Swapper is this awesome puzzle game that has this really oppressive alien-like atmosphere. It came out mm-hmm. back in like May, I think. Um, that and Gunpoint would probably be the two games I would push on people. I did um, play Gunpoint. Uh, I didn't love Gunpoint. I liked it though. Monster, monster. No, it's good. It's a good game, but it just it didn't it didn't super hook me personally. Mm, okay, fine, fine. Sorry, I'll let it pass. I'll let it pass. Seems um, cool, but... So what? Did you play anything else this week? 
I mean, no, I mostly just sat in on Quick Looks this week and, and did a lot of podcasting. Um, the Gran Turismo 6 and uh, Barbie Dreamhouse Party Quick yeah. Looks both feature me. Somehow that was the fault of Max Temkin, I'm told. I, I well, I don't I don't know how that snowball got rolling originally. I think it started with Rock Paper Shotgun. They put up a thing about that game, uh-huh. uh, which maybe slightly overstated the the sarcastic value of that game uh, for what it actually is. <laughs> okay. Then Max Temkin, I guess, saw that or saw the game at some point, and then started badgering Jeff to play it, do a quick look for it, uh, and the end result is three grown men playing mini games. In a Barbie game, while yep. just making a lot of deep sighs and contemplating various forms of suicide. So yeah, you know, it's great. By all means, watch it. It's super fun. I somehow discovered this week that I live a block away from that man. Unplanned. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Un. So what are you? What are you gonna planned. do about that? Ah, I'll probably record some videos. Hmm. Probably just <laughs> probably make some content. I don't know. I'm, I think after this. Uh, I'm actually going to walk over to the Cards Against Humanity office, and which is uh, something I will not be working out of daily necessarily. But um, he's got an office and uh, a desk for me, and there are well, a lot of cool the, folks that, that working idea, there. He's been pushing that space as like a, uh, a sort of like a creative space that people can kind of you know come to collectively, right? Yeah, he basically, I think Polygon wrote like a feature on their office, yeah. but. The long and you know the the short of it is that he wanted an office for himself because he didn't want to work at home anymore. Found a space that was too big and was really cheap, and then just invited a bunch of his friends to to come hang out there. So um, him and I want to do a bunch of cool stuff. We have a lot of plans for for what we want to do in in Chicago, and uh, so it'll be it'll be cool to start getting over there and, and hanging out and uh, doing some stuff with with them. I think the some of the Octodad guys work out of there and, and some other mm. folks. So should be cool. Should be cool. Look at you um, making a little gaming collective in there out there. Yeah. In Chicago. Why not? Yeah. Well, I hate working from home, so I I need a I need to get out there. I need to I need to get out there. I just hey, you know what? Me too. <laughs> Help me! Help! Oh God! It's, it's it's not fun. It's tough. No, it it's it, tough. it can get a little grating on you. Uh, oh, so you've got your big TV now. I did get my big TV. Uh, I've mostly played Zelda in front of it and watched. Um, Which I think is great. Football and basketball. Watched the the Bulls beat the Heat last night, which was nice. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's a beautiful TV. I got this, you know, Vizio, which is not necessarily you know the model everyone thinks of uh, when it comes to quality. But uh, if you actually track their reviews uh, of of the models they've been making in the last uh, couple of years, they have done like a really stellar job of catching up on quality and. Uh, for the price, they just they can't be beat. So it's like, yeah. you know, if 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 you want, there are better options out there for 60 inch 1080p TVs uh, that have low input lag, uh, mm-hmm. but none of them are going to cost 650 dollars. Uh, no. So uh, so that's kind of what it came down to for me was I needed to try and find a TV for the price and quality that made sense, and and that TV made the most sense. And I've been super happy with it. I also bought a sound bar. Yeah. So how how is that working out for you? It's really nice. You know, soundbars are sort of uh, audio files go nuts when you mention them because, you know, it's just one long speaker that tries to approximate uh, surround sound. Uh, it's ma- mostly made for small spaces. Uh, you know, y- you probably shouldn't be putting this in a big living room. But right. if you are have a big living room, you probably own a house and you can probably, you know, or maybe can afford to have like a, more, a fancier setup. You know, you can yeah. actually drill things in walls and get speakers in the right place and things like that. But in an apartment, that's not necessarily uh, nearly as true. And for even though we have more space in our new apartment, in the spot where we have the TV, it's kind of crammed because of a pole uh, that's in the, the middle of the room. Um, so I decided I needed to get new speakers anyway. They, mine were like seven years old, and they were not good to begin with. Right. Uh, people love these sound bars for small spaces. So I got one, and I really like it. It's loud. It's bassy. It's uh, so I it's just a bar. It's not a it, bar and a subwoofer, right? It is a bar and a subwoofer. Oh, it is a bar and a subwoofer. Okay. Yeah, and then the subwoofer is wireless. I suspect it might be interfering with my Wi-Fi, but I need to mess around with the situation a little bit more. Um, but they're really nice. And it, it, I got this uh, this highly recommended Sony one for just under two hundred bucks. It's like I think one hundred eighty eight on Amazon. Um, and yeah, so now I've got this. Now I've got this pretty pretty nice setup. I'm pretty excited about it. 
Uh, now I just need to not play handheld games in front of it. So I feel yeah. like I'm getting my money's worth. Yeah, it would be good since you have these next generation uh, consoles that you spent money on right before you went to, you know, California and then came back and moved into a new apartment and then set up a new TV and, you know, maybe just play some, some games on those. I systems. didn't, and I played I played Rise on it. You know what? Rise ain't yeah, bad. Rise. I feel like Rise got a bad rap. Uh, I'm not saying Rise is a great game, but it is going to be one of those games that if you pick up an Xbox in the spring and it's 30 bucks like you're going to be fine like you're going to be happy yeah. it is like a gorgeous showcase for the new hardware like 720p nonsense uh, aside like it just looks fucking amazing yeah. um yeah and- i mean it seems dumb but it does, i mean for god's sakes it's not knack or something jesus Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. no it is definitely dumb and and i have to say i was a little bit uh like I thought that I knew it wasn't going to be grounded in reality per se, even if there is some historical context for it. But I was a little bummed out that it, even Rise was unable to resist the temptation to get a little fantastic. Uh, I mm-hmm. thought that maybe it might be a game that it did exaggeration of what it was like to to be in Rome, but that maybe it might be a little more grounded, given that that's not a setting we see all that often. Uh, but yeah. uh, the game could not resist itself to get a little weird. Uh, as the as the game went on and that was that was kind of a bummer but i think they set a good foundation for for making something really interesting the next time around uh they mostly just need to like invent a story and characters and a little more depth to the combat system and i i think they really could have something they probably so don't even need to call it rise next time <laughs> yeah exactly yeah okay so yeah that, that sounds fine i i I feel like I will try Rise, like you said, at some point when it is cheaper and it is, you know, we are past the point where there are other better games that need to be played. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I would agree that it does seem like some people maybe dumped on it a little bit more than, you know, perhaps was necessary, considering it is just kind of a shallow but functional, you know, third person action game. At the same time, I don't know, like the way they 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 frankenstein that game into so many different things over the years like it was originally a connect game and then it just you know kind of became something else i guess probably the most impressive thing about that game to me is that it seems like it works you know it's not it's not impressive necessarily mechanically but they made a game that functions relatively well for a launch game considering how fucked and broken a lot of other launch games are right now yeah yeah i mean that's you know that's battlefield 4 yeah that that has nothing to do with uh with next gen, I guess there was a lot of news this week, so we uh, we can, can we dive can, into that if you want. We can drive into that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess Battlefield is one of the big ones this week. Um, mm-hmm. That game has been utterly broken since day one, basically on all platforms uh, and in unique next... ways on each platform. Yep. So they've they've had to release you know specific patches to uh, try and address specific issues and. I remember when I was on uh, the big live stream for the Xbox One, it was kind of the first time that my, or EA addressed uh, the issues that were plaguing the game. And their statement just came across as they really did not care, um, yeah. especially relative to the, the letter that was written for the NBA game, which came across, you know, it doesn't excuse shipping a shitty game that you're charging people money for, but at least it was like, yes, we really did screw up. We're admitting that we really screwed up. We're going to try yeah. and fix this. Uh, and the Battlefield one was like, eh, it's having some problems, but yo, how about a double XP weekend and a gun attachment? Knife skins! Yeah, and it just really came across as, well, hey guys, this game is making money and Call of Duty sucked this year, so yeah. who cares? Um, but now it's continued to be broken, and I, you know, I think it's one of those things that... Uh, now people are just sort of dogpiling on because it's become so egregious and, and so crazy uh, that they finally issued like, you know, another statement that was like, we're not going to work on any more projects. We're taking people off DLC and, and other games to work on this. Although what are those people realistically doing? Like there aren't like hundreds of people working on bug fixes. Like that's not how game development works. So that's exactly. mostly just a, a disingenuous statement to make people feel better um, or make themselves seem like they're more humble than they actually are in this situation. And, yeah, it's just it's a really fucked situation, and they need to get that game into shape because it's it may be the only shooter in town worth caring about right now, but that right. doesn't excuse shipping something this bad. Well, and the other thing, I mean, I, I, 
from what I've heard, you know, I mean, they've, they've basically said we're not putting out any more stuff, any new stuff. We're not going to, we're like, they've said that they are, they've switched off of, I guess, some other stuff just to try and get Battlefield, you know, running properly on all platforms. And I have heard from other sources that like, you know, meetings and other things that were scheduled at DICE have been canceled or thrown out just so that because nobody is to bother them right now while they work on that shit. But at the same time, you know, it, it, while it's it's sort of great that, okay, fine, they're dedicating all their resources to trying and fix this game. Man, I mean, for all the problems other various launch games have, none are that fucked up. Like, none are so broken that, like, you know, pervasive problems where, like, hitting the same building in a multiplayer map will kick people out of the game almost every single time, you know? Like, yeah, servers or... just being regularly broken across the board. Like, that is... If you're at this point, then you have fucked up colossally. And yeah, that, that original apology they put out was nothing... It was kind of useless. Especially, I mean, even in the context of other EA apologies this year. The fact that they had to do <laughs> multiple of those is crazy on its own. That it was a bad apology compared to other apologies they have made is even crazier. EA said a... A self-imposed bad year. Like Very it has been a year of unforced errors, uh, right. as they as they put it, um, all, all all on their own. And it's yeah, it's the you actually it would make probably a pretty good feature to just compile all of those apology letters into one to one thing. Top ten um, apologies of EA. God, that's not a that's not a terrible. I don't think we have ten, but we probably are pretty close to five. I mean, yeah. SimCity. You won't believe these five apologies that EA had to make this year. <laughs> SimCity, NBA, yeah. uh, Battlefield, that's three. I feel like we got to be able to find two others. There's got to be. There's probably be. one other one in there somewhere. Maybe someone apologized for, for Dead Space 3 at some point. I don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah, that, like, you know, there there's probably, you know, something to be said about DICE having to figure out five platforms. You know, there is a sure. next-gen uh, part of the equation to that. But that doesn't excuse shipping a game and charging money for it, like, you know, once the game is out the door, you're asking $60 from people, you know, whatever problems you had going into it sort of don't matter, you know, and that's that's sort of the double-edged sword about knowing more about game development and becoming, you know, overly sympathetic to the game development process because obviously it's right. hard. Obviously yeah. people put in a lot of work, you know, that's not to take anything away from that, but that doesn't, you can't forget that they're also asking you to pay $60 and $60 to a great many people is a lot of money. It and is. I think that kind of gets taken for granted. Um, you know, that I think that, you know, like that's a good transition into, you know, people being really upset over the Forza 5 uh, uh, microtransactions and the Gran Turismo 6 microtransactions mm -hmm. uh, that are in both of these racing games that I think for especially for those two, the reason people are upset, uh, the reason I can definitely sympathize with people being upset is because you have no real sense of how you're supposed to value the, the game's normal progression. Whether that is normal or whether that's being adjusted so that you will get into the, the stuff where you have to pay. There's no way for you to know and judge how that actually is working. Right. Yeah, the, the microtransaction stuff is weird because I've seen people freaking out about the stuff in GT6, and honestly, from what little I've seen and from what I've gathered from talking to people who actually had to review that game and play through it it's nowhere near as pervasive as forza is with forza if you don't do any of the microtransactions if you don't buy any of that stuff if you don't do any of that stuff it will take you can unlock probably all the cars and do all that stuff it will just take you an excruciatingly long time uh the gt6 stuff from what i've seen is not that bad like it's there they claim that you can just never touch that stuff and just play the game as you would and considering that gran turismo has always been a series about kind of you know a very uh shall we say methodical progression it wouldn't surprise me if that that hasn't really changed all that much you know compared to where it was but that you know re i mean in talking with jeff a bunch about forza 5 and about how that game has sort of you know kind of flown off the rails from from where you know the the highs that series has had in the last couple of games that whole game feels like a mandate from above 
Everything mm-hmm. about the structure of that game, everything about the microtransactions, everything about it feels like something that they that Turn Ten was sort of cajoled into doing out of some you know some executive level panic about monetizing everything. Uh, it doesn't because Forza games to me have always been kind of to me the more elegant version ui and design wise of what gt does you know gt is a great driving simulator but its menus and its design is usually kind of a mess i've always loved the way the forzas sort of tackle that stuff in this game it is a fucking disaster the ui is a disaster the microtransaction stuff is a mess it is totally obfuscated the 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 drive the great driving mechanics and the visuals underneath because everything about it feels like it's just trying to shoehorn itself into something that does not fit. So it's a real, I mean, I, you know, I, I bought Forza, you know, small smiles. First thing I popped into my Xbox one, you know, when I got it, I think I'm done with that game. Like I, I've spent maybe, you know, eight hours with it and I don't think I want to play it anymore. And I'm feel real fucking sad about saying that. Cause I love that series and I love what those guys do, but man, I am just having no fun with that game whatsoever. It just, all that stuff feels gross. And what you have to do is then implicitly trust the game developer that they have balanced it in a way that doesn't favor you wanting to engage with paying additional money on top of the $60 you've already paid. And we also, it's easy to forget that a lot of this is premised on something we already gave away to game developers and game publishers more specifically, which are cheat codes. Yeah. This used to be something that was given away for free, that was people that was baked into the game, that if people wanted to break the game, they were allowed to put in a code and do whatever they want with the game. Game publishers took that away and monetized it. And then not only have they done that, now it's starting to approach and encroach on the game design to the point where it is breaking the implicit trust of the consumer that when they pay $60, you get the game. And now that is no longer true when you start stacking on pre-orders, DLC, microtransactions. It makes it so that you wonder why you're paying the $60 in the first place because it seems like they're just taking advantage of the fact that we're used to paying $60 when they probably should be charging a lot less than that and then allowing you to pay the microtransactions on top of it, which I think a lot of us would feel a lot better about. But right yeah. now, it kind of just feels like we're being taken advantage of because, of course, we're going to buy these games that we're really excited about. And, of course, it's launch, so you want to buy stuff for your system. Yeah, and I, the thing with me is I've, I've defended the concept of microtransactions before. You know, I don't think inherently as a concept that stuff is— Ah! Is that a ghost? No, that was my girlfriend shutting my door, I guess. Okay. Uh, I don't think the inherent idea behind it is evil. It's just how you implement it and how it integrates into the game that you're making. And, you know, someone brought up the point that, you know, Forza 4 did have its own version of microtransactions. They certainly sold a lot of cars and other things, you know, uh, as DLC in those games. And that, But that was fine because it didn't feel like it was hindering your progress in the game. In Forza 5, it's because of the reduced payout, and I'm, I'm quoting Death Sandwich from the chat here, and he's absolutely right. It's the reduced payouts for the for the game that 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 really hammer it home because it's so in your face and it makes it so much harder to progress without getting, you know, like that credits multiplier and that stuff. Like to 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 get the proper payouts for that stuff, that it just makes the whole game feel like a slog, honestly. And it's really, it's really depressing. That that that's that's. As someone who who thinks that microtransactions can work when they are non-invasive and when they you know when they're just there as an option, seeing this stuff kind of get you know ballooned out like this into something so obnoxious is yeah it's just really distressing. Yeah, and and, and it's just the, the 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 sheer presence of them just makes it harder to judge games because you know grind is a part of a lot of games. Yeah. So we, we accept that. That is how we unlock things. And, and if it's done in the right way, it's completely fine. And it makes it meaningful to, to progress. Like, you know, if everything was unlocked at once, you know, for most people that like to enjoy games, engage with mechanics, uh, increase their skills, you know, that's part of the reason we play these games. <clears throat> yeah. But the moment that microtransactions uh, are introduced and you can pay for them, it just ma- it just, it starts to make it so you trust what they say less and less, and that's going to make that relationship between the consumer and the player 
uh, even more strained, especially if they continue to charge $60 for these experiences. I think there is an implied level of, of course you're going to do this when these games are cheaper and or preferably free because, of course, that's how they're going to make money. But in this yeah. case, it's like, well, you've gotten the $60. Now you just want more from people who have more disposable income or are willing to spend money uh, to advance at a faster pace. But, you know, maybe that's not me, and I feel like I'm being taken advantage of so you can get more money out of someone else. And yeah, maybe don't kneecap the existing game progression for the sake of getting those people to, to, to purchase that stuff. That's where it becomes gross, and that's where it becomes sort of, you know, unacceptable. Yeah. <sighs> this shit's well, complicated. I'm, I'm all angry now, man. I know. I got the angry jitters. <sighs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that Super Time Force is coming to Xbox One. Yeah, I'm just happy that game's coming out at all because, I mean, it hasn't come out <laughs> yet, and I want to play it. Every time I've seen it, it looks super good, and I want to play it. Yeah, it's, it's uh, uh, Cappy Bear Games announced that in addition to Below, uh, which will premiere at least on Xbox One first, uh, they are bringing Super Time Force uh, to Xbox One and have then just pushed the game back a couple of months. You know, my understanding is that game is basically finished. Um, it, they're just kind of in that last little home stretch, and, and now they're uh, pushing it to, I guess they've said, the first couple of months of next year, um, and it will release on Xbox 360 and Xbox One. Microsoft does not have any sort of cross-buy functionality, so that is going to be one of those things where you're going to have to choose one or the other, as far as I know. Um, they don't have many instances of games being on both, so I don't know if there's much of an impetus for them to design a program like that unless they start going back and you know retrofitting a bunch of games to be ported. Uh, Which doesn't seem like something they would do at this point. No, Phil Spencer mentioned, I think, in an interview with Kotaku that it was something they were considering. Um, yeah. I think it would have been smart on, on Microsoft's part to do something similar to what Sony did, was basically just you know, start contracting engineering teams to port smaller, easier games onto their next platform and just give those games away. Um, if you purchase them before, uh, they don't have to be, you know, big, bold, uh, crazy games. It's just, it makes you feel better about your purchase and it feels like you've got something to play. But, you know, I, as we get out of the launch window of these uh, machines, you know, once games start hitting, like Titanfall, Destiny, you know, the reason for those to exist uh, it exists less and less. Uh, as much as I have been a constant advocate for backwards compatibility and think that the industry ignores that stuff, mostly because they can get away with it, um, it is because they can get away with it. And once new games start coming out for these new machines, um, it will largely uh, leave the conversation. But at least hopefully in, in Sony's back pocket is this Gaikai stuff, you know, assuming it all works out and, and works um, in, a, in the dream way we can think about how it might work. Um, we'll maybe at least get access to that stuff on, on PS4. But I think on Xbox, I, th I think that stuff is kind of going to probably go away. Well, I mean, Microsoft, you know, Xbox was where the famous, uh, the quote, if you're backward compatible, you're truly backward came from. And granted, the man who said Fuck. that is now gone. So there is that. Well, that, is a, that is a bad, man. Maybe that's like, another can... category. Like best Phil Spencer Put your foot in your mouth. Quote. Well, that wasn't Phil Spencer. That was uh, what's his name oh. that went to. to oh, Sega. right, right. Don Matrick. Don Matrick. Yeah, the 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 young Mr. Burns. Uh, but yeah, dude. The guy he whips. You know, he whips his hair back and forth. Yeah, totally. He. I didn't mean to quote Willow Smith. The backward compatibility stuff is is still something that kind of sticks in my craw because I really like keeping games around and being able to pop them in when I want to. Like I still have my PS2 yep. games out on my shelf. Because I still have a backward compatible PS3 that I can play them on. And, you know, I mean, I appreciate that Sony has had this, this cross-buy stuff for a while now. And I like the way they've implemented a lot of that stuff. But when, and I also understand that the architecture of the PS4 is very different than the PS3. So it's not just like a simple, you know, one-to-one -one conversion thing. But mm -hmm. just the lack of that stuff and the fact that it's it's basically been abandoned but like abandoned in a way where it almost sounds like every company was just sort of treating it like well of course we were going to abandon that why would we keep doing it yeah. is is something that i have found incredibly distressing as the year has gone along like n nobody is like it's not just that they have abandoned com backward compatibility it is the fact that they have done it and then treated it as the most offhand like well yeah whatever kind of thing and i just i think a lot of companies really underestimate how much people want to still play games from old platforms 
as time goes along. I understand that, you know, that they don't make money off people continuing to play those games off those platforms unless they can resell them to you later down the road. But, you know, I mean, I feel like if Microsoft had found a way to even get, like, just the Xbox 360 library or some chunk of it working on the Xbox One, that might have mitigated some of that extra $100 cost that, you know, everyone was freaking out about. But, you know, maybe that just wasn't cost-effective. Maybe that just wasn't reasonable. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, without knowing how much it costs to do things like that, but, like, I'd be willing to, you know, like, that would have been an awfully nice perk for, let's say, you know, Xbox Live Gold, which is that, like, you know, there's, like, you get access to a legacy package, which is yeah. that, you know, they pick out key titles like Halo 3, um, you know, Crackdown, you know, stuff like that. It's like, you know, games that you're going to want to go back to for years and years and years. Um, you can play these. Like we've done, you know, they, they just pick a selection of games and kind of make those work. You know, I'm, you know, not discounting the engineering effort. I'm sure even, especially on the multiplayer side to make all that stuff work with new architecture. Right. But, you know, especially uh, with those games that people are going to go back to for years, it it sucks. And, and I feel like they dismiss it out of hand uh, because, you know, like we both said, they can get away with it. And, and that's yeah. that's really frustrating uh, because it does become sort of a minority thing as time goes on. But I think that's also because we've just become engineered to accept it um, as, as a, sort of a fact of life. You know, it doesn't discount that obviously different architectures. There are big reasons why things don't just naturally play on the next console as they do when you upgrade your PC. Um, sure. But, you know, that's, you know, I feel like that's just another argument uh, to maybe invest in a computer because, you know, Yes, some games do break compatibility over time, but you have fan bases uh, that often uh, will make you know the best of the best games still work, um, and most of your games will continue to work for a, for a far longer amount of time than uh, certainly far longer than probably the seven years that you're going to get um, you know out of a console. Right. I mean, all I know is I'm keeping an A360 and a PS3 plugged in for the foreseeable future because there are things on those consoles that I do not want to, you know, abandon right now. And, you know, it, that might, I might have been more willing to, to, to shuffle those things off if, if there had been some kind of backward compatibility. But as it is right now, I am not, I am not filing those consoles away until I absolutely have to. So that well, is, I'm, you know, I'm going to keep my PS3 around for Walking Dead because that comes yeah. out later this month. Uh, apparently, uh, according to Steam, it is out on the 17th. Uh, that was something something in the, someone in the chat said. Yep, yep. They, they uh, yeah, walk, uh, Telltale said that, you know, it was going to launch this month, and then Steam seemed like they had kind of uh, spoiled the date on that. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that, but it just immediately stresses me out. I, I mean, I guess I'll have to have probably hammered out all of the stuff for my year-end stuff by then, so I guess I'll be out of the woodwork, <laughs> for better or worse, yeah. by the 17th. But... Um, yeah, I'm excited to play that. So, you know, I guess I don't have much to say about it except that I can't wait to see what they have done with Clementine. Yeah, that'll be a good game for 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 you know the holiday break for the Christmas. It's a good Christmas. Yeah, game. that's a good uh, feel good uh, feel good game. I I wish that was launching on next gen systems or there was a way to port my save to uh, a machine that wasn't the PS3, but uh, that does not appear to be happening. So I will just have to keep that PS3 plugged in. Indeed. Uh, I did notice that the World of Warcraft movie now has actors in it. Yeah, that thing's actually happening. Yeah, they're going to make that movie, and they're going to put Ben Foster and Paula Patton in that movie, which I... Do you know any of those actors? Are you familiar with any of those actors? I just, Dominic Cooper, I, I got him confused with someone else. <laughs> yeah, so, and that's the thing, is like Ben Foster... Uh, that name rings been, a bell. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Like, did you see Pandorum? Yeah. He was the the lead skinny dude in that. Like he was the one that Dennis Qu- Dennis Quaid was like uh, terrorizing for a lot of that movie. Everyone's seen Pandorum. Yeah, totally. So actually, that's a, that's a, like for for as far as like B B level sci fi goes, like Pandorum is is actually pretty great. You should check. Oh, it I out. liked it. Yeah, I think I think it's pretty decent. Uh, Paula Patton has been in several things. Uh, probably most famously, I guess, uh, Precious and Mission Impossible. But she's. Also been in a variety of other movies that I've seen for some reason. And yeah, a bunch of these other actors I don't really recognize. But that doesn't really surprise me because this is one of those movies that you try to sell uh, on the name. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they don't, they don't, the yeah. yeah, I think you're right. They don't, they don't need to, you know, have an Angelina Jolie attached to sell World of Warcraft. I think they know that, hey, fantasy stuff is popular. Warcraft is a big name. Let's just lean into that. Um, and so I think, I think you're right that they'll be able to get away with that. 
Yeah. Now, whether the, they are able to get away with the fact that they are making a goddamn World of Warcraft movie, we'll see. That Duncan Jones, buddy. And no, Duncan yeah, I, I, like, I, I like him a lot. I think he's a very good director. I also... I, I'm just waiting to see some footage, something, just to kind of get a sense of the tone and what they're doing with it. Because, you know, it's it, it's still a World of Warcraft movie, so there's still that to contend with. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know shit about the lore of Warcraft. I mean, I, I played the hell there out of works. Warcraft. Yeah, <laughs> and there are humans. Yeah. Uh, I, I played the hell out of, uh, you know, you can Warcraft make 1 and 2. Yeah, they grunt. Uh-huh. I think there was a there was a South Park episode about it. I, yeah, yeah. I'm I, curi- I played I played WoW for like a year. You know, I I, I got enough of a, a basic gist of of the lore from that stuff. Though obviously it goes pretty pretty deep. Uh, that said, I I the lore is not really what kept me coming back to that game. It was more just the sort of like everyone is fucking playing it uh, kind of camaraderie of the of the whole thing that that kept me interested. So we'll see. I am genuinely curious to see. This is like, you know, Blizzard is is about to pull off uh, what Bungie tried to do, or I guess Bungie and Microsoft tried to do, which was have a lot of creative control over the direction of the film as it goes into production. Right. And that's what turned Microsoft or Hollywood off to the Halo film. Uh, But, you know, Blizzard has continued to exert control uh, over this film. That's why it's taken seven years to actually happen. Uh, since yeah. it was announced they were going to try and make it work. And I'm curious to see how that turns out. I'm curious to see how, you know, pandery the film is, uh, how much it is about, you know, or pleasing. Pandarin-y. Eh? Pan- pandas? Pandarin? Is... Eh. <sighs> so should I just go? I mean... <laughs> Yeah, tell that tell that ghost to take you out. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Duncan Jones. I'll see it. I'll see it. Yeah, sure. I, I'm also, I, I'm I will also of course cu- see it. Curious to see what um, like what the what kind of clout the World of Warcraft, you know, or just the Warcraft name has in March 2016. That's a long time from now. That is a long. That's a couple of years. Yep. 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 Uh, Alex, the most important question uh, hmm. for actually. If people in the chat want to start dropping questions as we head towards the end of the show, uh, please feel free to do that, um, and I will check in the chat for that. But there's a raging debate happening on the front page of our site mm-hmm. about the Final Fantasy series. Okay. Final Fantasy VIII is clearly the best Final Fantasy game for the PlayStation 1. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping to hear you say the same. Trying to remember which ones I even played. Did I play any of them? I think my favorite Final Fantasy game on the PlayStation was Chrono Cross. I didn't like that game. I thought that was a bad really? sequel to Chrono Trigger. Oh, I don't know. I see. I didn't have the, the Chrono Trigger affection necessarily because I didn't really play that uh, back then. So. Oh, that, oh, I guess that's interesting. I didn't even know there were people that played Chrono Cross that didn't play Chrono Trigger. Yeah, I bought that because GameSpot gave it a 10. And I played a bunch of it, and I liked it. It's fine, um, but yeah, I uh, I I was not a, a real Final Fantasy guy, so I don't have a strong opinion. Ah, boring. Can you I just say the Final Fantasy is your favorite? Just say eight is your favorite. Just say it. You don't care. Yeah. You don't, you don't have a, you don't have a you don't have a dog in this fight. Just say eight. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Ah, boring. Eh? God damn it. Sorry, I don't. I don't have. I don't have an opinion about those games. Like I could sit there and and fabricate one for you, but I don't really. Yeah, Final Fantasy, man. Fine, fine. Well, the the conversation will continue on the front page of the site. Um, I legit. Yeah, I was not trolling. I legitimately think Final Fantasy VIII is the most entertaining of those three games, and I think people that prefer Final Fantasy IX are nostalgic, crazy people. Uh, okay. Final Fantasy VII is an acceptable answer. And you Tactics can... is not part of the equation. That is not one of the mainline games. Tactics is a fine game, but it is not what we're talking about. Look, if you want to debate N64 wrestling games, I'm your guy. Okay. okay. But when Pick it comes one. to like PlayStation or Final Fantasy, you could find a billion people more invested in that shit than I am. So, sorry. All right. I, Pick I, your I, fa- I wish I could help. Pick your favorite N64 wrestling game. Uh, Virtual Pro Wrestling 2. Okay. Is yeah. that released here? No, it was in Japan. 
Okay, of course it is. Of course it was. If you if you, if you want me to go U.S. Yeah, let's go U.S. Game. Let's go no with mercy. what people would know. No mercy. No okay, mercy. good. Good choice. Good choice. Uh, Sony reset some PSN passwords, including mine. I need to do that. Really? Today. Was there um, some strange activity on your account? There was some strange activity on the account. What did they say? Um, we routinely monitor for regular activity, and if such activity is detected, we may sometimes reset passwords of affected send accounts, Sony Entertainment Network, I hate that, uh, to protect consumers and their account information. The password resets are not related to an attack on nor a vulnerability in our data servers. It is an example of an increasingly common threat, malicious online activity. That sounds like a bunch of BS where they detected something, but it's actually not a problem, but they're just being safe. But, wow, could they have given more of a PR answer than that to explain no. why they were setting some passwords? No, that was that is the PRist PR answer you could get for something like that. Yeah. Uh, I haven't checked. I haven't logged on to, to PSN since I got home, so I should double-check to make sure uh, my password you would have, has not been reset as all. You would have gotten an email. You would have gotten an email. Okay, then I guess whatever. mine is not. So I've got to reset mine. And I just I just changed it. Like, I changed it as part of getting the PS4, which means I'm going to have to change it again. I need to get one of those 1Password things. I got to – I need to do that. That would be smart. That would be smart. Uh, first batch of self-publishing Xbox One developers were announced, you know, including Crytek. Yeah, you know, independent developer, Crytek. Uh, I mean, that gets into a weird, you know, I mean, Valve. I know. They are technically developer. an independent company, so, yeah. And, and, and what, you know, what this is saying is that – Crytek has the ability to self-publish games. You know, they're not owned by EA. Um, right. They do a lot of things, uh, you know, with EA, Microsoft. You know, they're a work-for-hire uh, company. They also put out that game Warface, which is that free-to-play crisis shooter. So, you know, Crytek could publish that themselves on Xbox One, which be, you know, a self-published independent endeavor. So, you know, it's just I don't know if I would have put them in the initial launch lineup of, of companies you want to brag about because that's not what people are looking for with that stuff um yeah. but uh yeah you know you got double fine crytek you know uh, i'm in, i'm excited that uh definition six uh which i guess is uh um the name of uh 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 while well, i'm lagging spy party chris hecker chris right. hecker i guess that's the name of his development studio um i feel like i might have just heard my door thing ring i'm not sure if that's true we'll see if it does it again um yeah i don't know it seems like a solid solid bunch of studios yeah so. it's like Vlambeer's on there Drinkbox, half brick you know mm-hmm. iron galaxy makers of fine uh fighting games like dive make- kick yeah i guess that's coming to xbox one is it yeah good for dive good kick, i guess Good, good for them. Good put it out anywhere kick. you can anywhere you can get it. Son. Just put in uh put in connect commands. Dive and kick. Yeah, just yell Xbox dive, Xbox kick. Over yeah. and over again. Yeah. That seems that seems like a seems like the right kind of stupid that Dave Lang would be into. That's how I want to play my video games. Ah, oh, that guy lives near me now. Well, I guess he doesn't yeah. live near me. He lives far away, but he's like in the vicinity. He's Don't give like, him your address. No. No, 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 no. I I, I need to put him on a list. Um, Show up with a paper bag full of 40s, 2 a.m. <laughs> on a Wednesday. <laughs> That's what Iron Galaxy is, just this haggard man outside of the train station with two 40s duct taped to his hands. Screaming about hitboxes. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah, that's kind of all I got, too. I was going to mention the, uh, it sounds like the first Assassin's Creed 4 DLC is out uh, in two weeks. Uh, which I am excited about. I guess you're probably not as much since you haven't played it yet. But no, but I wanna, uh, I do want to play that. I, yeah. I, I'm going to try and put in some time this weekend with it to at least uh, wrap my head around it. How long does that game take to get going? Uh, it takes less time than AC3 did, uh, in that you don't waste a bunch of time playing as another character. Uh, you you just kind of start off and are into it. Uh, but it does take about three hours to kind of get through its various tutorials. Mm. and just stream straight into the story so give it a little time but most of that time at least you're doing decent stuff it's not it's it's not super boring at the beginning which is nice all right let's see um a lot of people upset about final fantasy 8 well if they're the sort of people that get upset about Final Fantasy conversations on the internet, then, you know. 
<laughs> At least we're not ranking Kingdom Hearts games. Oh, God. At that point, you just rank everything as unrankable. There's yeah, not even it- a list. At that point, you just rank Kingdom Hearts at the top, and then the rest is just a series of fart noises. <laughs> Actually, that's probably how I would do it, too. I, I liked the first one. Yeah. Everyone likes the first one. Um, Mr. Angry Eyes, do you guys have any thoughts on Mass Effect 2 winning the Giant Bomb Community Game of the Generation against Dark Souls? It was really close. So Mass Effect 2 won? Yes. I think I'm okay with that, uh, even as not a huge Mass Effect fan. I mean, that's the one that everyone universally pretty much loves, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, I certain, those are certainly not my games of the generation, but I would probably rather that took it than Dark Souls, because I don't have the love for Dark Souls that everyone has. I'm sorry, I just don't. It's too yeah, hard I'm gonna, for I'm me. Gonna, I'm going to finally uh, try that in January, I think. January, Dark Souls. It's going to be cold, dark cold. Yeah, dark cold, uh, dark cold. <laughs> winter souls. Yeah. Uh, the, just throwing out feature names. Um, uh, Brad Harity, have you had a chance to check out Starbound yet? No, but I'm also not really into Minecraft Terraria games, and Starbound seems like space Terraria, so I I don't have a whole lot of interest. Yeah, I haven't watched that quick look yet, but everyone keeps asking me if I've played that, so I should probably watch that and then see if that's something I want to play. Uh, did you play through the Burial at Sea stuff? No, I haven't touched it yet. I'm, I, I, I specifically I got either. into the game, downloaded it, and then have not played it, so... Yeah, that game is currently, like, occupying, like, 45 gigs on my SSD. Yeah. Uh, with that, like, main game plus the, uh, the DLC. And I know it's only, like, three hours long, but it's just, you know, I've heard it's fine, but it's not, like, gonna change the world, so I haven't been in a rush to play it. Uh, but I do really want to get to it, because... You know, if it's nothing more than just prettier rapture, uh, I'm, o- I'm okay with There's that. There's still something to be said for that, so. Yeah, let's see. Maybe one more question. Hmm. Uh, Mr. Raccoon asks, are you going to continue your walking dead interviews for the new season? Uh, yeah, that'd be the plan. Telltale has said their game, so... Um, I would, I guess, I would look for that first one sometime in January. Uh, yeah. if that comes out on December seventeenth. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's too bad that Jake and Sean are not around anymore. Uh, they were a ton of fun to talk to, but there are plenty of other cool dudes over at Telltale. So yeah, I, it was a lot of fun to uh, to do that stuff. And I, I've also been thinking about maybe doing like sort of kind of like Alan Seppenwall sort of write-ups for each episode that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not necessarily about attaching a score to it. It's more just, you know, here's what happened and here's what was interesting about that um, for, for each episode because I, I, really I really do like those games. Yeah, I, I think, you know, if you're going to review it, I think it makes more sense to review the season once it's completed, you know, but there's, there's certainly value in covering those individual episodes, as you said, in almost sort of like a recap kind of fashion, so... I think that I think that would be a really smart way to do it. Dude, did you review Walking Dead? Did you write a review? I reviewed the first season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I gave it five uh, stars. It's great. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last one. Um, are you gonna watch the VGX Awards? So it's not on TV this year. Uh, Although so I, I guess, guess I guess it's airing again. Like it's it's webbing and then it's it like being shoved on TV at a later date. Okay. So. I might watch the web stream. We'll see. I didn't watch last year at all. I heard it was better than some of the, the, the frankly, abject train wrecks they've had in previous years. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I feel like maybe it's worth giving it a shot if it's just on, you know, the internet and I can watch it on my iPad or something while I'm doing other things. Uh you know, that show has always been a weird thing for me. Like, I like the idea of an actual mainstream video game award show until I actually realize what it would require to get a mainstream video game award show on television, and then the whole thing falls apart for me. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, I don't blame the guys who work on that show. Like, a lot of those guys are really smart people. They understand video games. They know the industry. Uh, it's just, you know, to get, to produce a show like that for TV... You cannot just have a dry-ass award show because no one will watch it. I get that. Doesn't mean I want to watch what they end up having to do for the sake of getting it on TV, but... uh, 
as far as this year's show goes, I don't know. I mean, the fact that it is starting out on the web and then they're going to edit it together into something for TV, maybe, I don't know, maybe it'll be better. We'll see. But I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. I, I really hope that Baby Choo Choo is correct and that they're just using this as a platform to announce new snowboard kids. That would be great. That is a, that's a really deep cut, by the way. That's, that is... I, I saw that, and that made me smile. Those games are pretty good, weren't they? Yeah, I... If I'm remembering them correctly, yes, actually, I it, I I could not tell you. Man, I'm yeah, I'm like trying to pull from my fuzzy ass memory what Snowboard Kid was. I I know I played the N64 it, but... games. I, I want to say they were made by Atlas. I oh, might be wrong. Be right? God, yeah, it's been a really long time. Snowboard. I think that was a game I rented a couple of times. I ugh, yeah, Jesus, yeah, bring that back. Sure, totally. Yeah, big uh, the gritty reboot. Yeah, developed by Rassidum. And published by Atlas. Find the guys who made Amp 3 and get them to reboot Snowboard Kids. <laughs> ah, all right, Alex. What are you, what are you up to this weekend? What are you playing? Oh God, I'm gonna I'm gonna start in on Dead Rising 3. Finally, uh, I'm gonna try and get through as much Zelda as I can because I feel like next week uh, I'm gonna be neck deep in trying to get uh, top ten lists and other things together for Game of the Year stuff. So I'm gonna try and get as much out of the way this weekend as I can. Also, later today, look for the latest episode of the Power Bombcast, the ultimate authority on people who sort of watch wrestling, watching wrestling, kind of making a lot of brash judgments about wrestling. Enjoy that. That's all I got. All right. I think uh, worth playing went up this morning. I got to put together worth reading uh, after this. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to finish Zelda. Good. Probably not this evening, but definitely tomorrow in between trying to go find a bed definitely need to get bed in this apartment that would be good well i've been sleeping on a pull-out couch which you know is fine but is is probably not good for your back long term um zelda and then yeah state of decay state of decay is kind of my i want to sing some hours into that sometime this weekend and uh although i will be watching uh football i don't have to fully dedicate myself to it because my bears don't play till monday night so i get some extra time oh god damn it i just remembered I need to play more NBA Live. Oh. oh, yeah. God damn it. Is that on PS4? Yeah, PS4 and Xbox One. You should stream some of yourself playing NBA Live and hating your life. It might come to that. I don't know. We'll see. But <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to try and review that for early next week. So I got to play more of that. Fuck, fuck, fuck. All right. That's a great way to end this. Uh, yeah. Uh, Alex Navarro, you have to play more of NBA Live. Uh, so good luck to you. And uh, on uh, a Monday show, we're going to have game writer, game designer, uh, Kara Ellison uh, from all the way in the UK. I, I didn't even know Skype went that far. Across the pond. Uh, or Google Hangouts. And we also, I don't know if anyone in the chat can help us with this, but I gained access to YouTube Live, mm-hmm. which... I don't know if that would be a better solution to what we do than Google Hangouts, but if someone has used that before, um, I guess you just get access to it once you've been streaming long enough or you know X amount of subscribers or something. Um, I don't this know. Is my, gonna, this yeah. is my only question for anyone mm-hmm. suggesting this stuff. Can I do this in YouTube Live? Alex, I'm, cut, I'm cutting your cord. I'm cutting your cord. You're done. No, I am done. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.